You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD. I am joined by Bold Claim Ben without Big Diesel. No, and Big he Diesel brought a friend. I did. He brought a friend. What do we? What do we? Got to have a nickname. Got to have a nickname for Ty. Uh, as Nick would say, he is uh, the. All right. So Cody Cody Eakin is the Ginger McDavid. So okay. then, what would that make you? Ginger something. Yeah, Ginger Patty Kane. <laughs> ginger Kane. I wouldn't call you Ginger Eichel because that would just that be mean to you. Yeah, that'd be insulting. Yeah. We don't exactly. want to do that. We do not speak of that name. No. Well, first and foremost, uh, we have to do the new guest host intro. So um, I'll come up with I'll come up with a nickname for you throughout the show. I'll figure it out. But uh, Ty, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, you know, favorite teams, home, so on and so forth. Go ahead. So uh, I'm Tyler. Um, grew up in Buffalo. Grew up right down the street from Ben. Um, obviously a lifetime uh, Sabres fan, lifetime Bills fan. Um, know a lot more about hockey than really any sport, but uh, yeah. All right. And listen, that's what we are. We uh, we, we bring people in who, who know things, who pay attention to things. And uh, I, I mean, I'm, I like hockey. I don't follow hockey as much as I used to. Uh, and I don't really have as much time to follow hockey as I'd like to. So uh, we bring people in. We let them talk their talk, their talk and, I mean, we just kind of pick topics and run. So first and foremost, uh, this is going to be released today, which is Thursday. It is Bill's and the NFL schedule um, release day, and I'm excited. First off, I, I, I don't believe any of the leaks, aside from the ones that the NFL has actually announced, which is like the Titans Monday night game in week two yeah. for the Bills. Um I definitely would love to see us open up against the Rams. Also, to be like last year, I do remember the rumors of us opening against the Buccaneers um, for kickoff weekend as well. So you never know. Like that never happened. So right. I uh, I'm intrigued to see it, and I I'm that person that I don't buy into things until I see it posted from an official source. Like I, all these insiders and stuff are great, and there's a couple that you trust, but a lot of people post stuff for clickbait. We're not those guys. So. Um, how do we feel about the confirmed leaks so far? So, like, starting I'm, with Bills Titans yeah, Week Two. I am a big fan of Bills Titans Week Two, and I'll tell you why. Because it's prime time. Because it's prime time, and honestly, the past two years we've had the the Titans have had our number. And I don't like that, and I think for the first time we got a long week against the Titans. We don't have whatever the hell we had the last two years. Well, two years ago it was, we don't know who we're playing until two days beforehand (laughs) and they haven't played in two weeks. And we got them right in the beginning of the season. Like, well, and they're jump on them early. Well, and, and their whole offense is different now. I mean, and, Tannehill's there, but they have the question of the new rookie behind them. Yep, exactly. And then, I mean, Derrick Henry's coming off a foot injury. God knows what he's going to look like. He didn't look good in the playoff game. Now he's had a whole off season to rehab, but he's he's on the wrong side of 26, and that's that's the kiss of death for a uh, running back. Oh, and they don't have that really good receiver anymore. Who was that? AJ Brown. Oh, uh-huh. right, right. He's an eagle now, 
And they're hoping. I thought you were going to say Julio. That's hilarious. No, <laughs> no, and they don't have Julio either. No, not that Julio was uh, anything to call anything, home about yeah, last yeah. year. But uh, and they're hoping that this kid that they drafted, what was the second round, first round, whatever, first round. Are you talking about Malik? Uh, no, the uh, wide receiver. They wide drafted. receiver, I believe, was first round. First yeah. round. Yes. So they're hoping he can at least pick up some of the. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be AJ Brown. No, you're just you're not. not replacing that guy. No. AJ but I Brown, do like the Eagles going after A.J. Brown. I like what the Eagles are doing. Listen, there's a lot of that going on in the NFL right now. Uh, there are teams that have young, unproven quarterbacks that they're basically saying, we're going to put a team around you, so now it's either you or it's not. And yeah. The Giants did that last year. They're like, hey, we're going to put weapons around Daniel Jones and see what we did, can do. Did they, though? I like Kenny Galladay. I mean... It, hmm. Honestly, the wide receivers for the Giants, like... I like Sharp. I like Shepard. Yeah, but those aren't weapons. Those are Nerf guns. Yeah. Like, Th- there's, thank there's, you. Thank you. I, I. There's nothing <laughs> special about any of them. I mean, when we when we're talking about this, like, look at look at what Miami's doing. You know, they have yeah. that receiving core and the two and two good running backs now. If it's not you, like, if Tua can't win with that, I don't know. You know, and people are like, oh, Tua's winning, like. I'm talking about like fearing that offense win. Yeah, well, I don't I still think the Dolphins are taking a step back. And the reason why is I don't think they did enough on their defense. Like I feel like their defense took a step back this offseason. I mean, it probably did, especially losing a defensive head coach. Yeah. Well, did you see uh the post that the Dolphins put and <laughs> yeah, the that, Twitter versus off oh, in yeah. flames. Where uh, Cheetah had to stop and come back for you a know? deep yeah, ball. Yeah, he, exactly. he looked like he was catching a punt. Yeah. And, I mean, no kidding. That's that's what Tua's looked like since Jump Street. I I never understood. I mean, his first game when they put him in at the end of a, a blowout and, you know, he, he took two handoffs and threw one 10-yard stop that looked like Nate Peterman chucking, che- chucking uh, change-ups out there. And be like, oh my God, two is the truth. Yeah. And I'm like, is he though? Like, if this was any decent defense that's going the other way. And yeah. I mean, I, I do want to say something real quick about uh, what we were talking about previously, which was the Bills uh, Titans matchup. Sure. This is the first year in three years that's going to be at Buffalo. Right. And I think that. Listen, is, Tennessee is Buffalo South. It is. We, we, we are very good at traveling and we always travel very well, but I think. Home field advantage will definitely will definitely change that, and I think having them come to Buffalo in was it early September. Yeah, second, love that second maybe third week. Of I September. love that. Yeah, get the crisp, crisp, clean September night air, late night. Josh is going to be slinging the rock. Tannehill is zero and six in Buffalo. Well, exactly, but like you said, um, you know. Tannehill just came out and said, you know, it's not his job to teach the new quarterback. So you already have locker, locker room issues. Yeah. And it's week two. You don't know that whole QB room Almost is up every, in the air right now. Every single quarterback in the league, like, basically came out and said, yo, what the hell are you talking about? But, like, I also get it. Like Every every quarterback in the league except Aaron Rodgers. Except Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers like, I'll have what he's having. Yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because at the end of the day, like, I understand a little bit, like, you're competing for a job, but, like, shit, man, how many years do you got left? Well, and, and that's really the big thing and, is, and like... And he doesn't have to stay on the Titans, Malik Willis. You can still mentor him and make well, him a good and, QB. And, and like, I mean, we, 
we're kind of seeing it. You know, you, you trade your top receiving weapon. You traded one a, a, a pretty darn good tight end the year before. Derrick Henry's on the wrong side of 26. I mean... They lost two big offensive line they're, pieces, they're, which they're are on now the verge Buffalo of a build. complete retooling. Like they're on the verge of a complete <clears throat> rebuild. You're, I mean, I don't know, man. Go, go do what half these at, quarterbacks are doing now. The go end of the go day, get a new start somewhere. At the end of the day, I still really do like Mike Vrabel, and I think he's a smart enough coach to get them in the right position to win. I mean, crap, they got the number one seed last year. Do you think they deserve to be a number one seed? No, but Mike Vrabel got them there. Yeah, I mean, especially when Derrick Henry went down. Like, they they got the one seed in what ended up being an awful division. Just an awful yeah. division. I mean, the Texans are were bottom feeders. The Jags were urban-mired. And and the Colts were underachievers. And, I mean, the Colts got, got Carson Wentz. Yeah. I mean, and, and I can tell you, Matt Johnson from the two-point conversation, who, uh, you know, I'm co-host over there with them sometimes, uh, mostly on Wednesdays, especially during the season that he comes on here from time to time. Big Colts fan, he hates what their front office is doing. Oh, me too. And I, I've always been a secondary Colts fan for a majority of my life. I mean, growing up, and, hard not to be when Peyton yeah, Manning's on the team. Yeah. Growing up, when you're in the middle of the playoff drought, you tend to like side with a playoff team. And honestly, I hated the Patriots so much, and Peyton Manning was my guy in the playoffs. So like, I, I grew up a little bit of a Colts fan, and I hate the fact that what is this? five, six years with a new starting quarterback every season. You got Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, um, who was before him. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And then Andrew I, I, I actually, I made a – That's uh, four years in a row. I actually made but, a meme making fun of my buddy Matt, who Matt is notorious for whoever's starting is that's my quarterback, which I hate – Oh, Philip Rivers. I hate, that's I five. hate that saying. I hate when fans – like, that's my quarterback. Like – as an offensive lineman, that was my thing. Like, I could hate that dude, but that's my quarterback, so I'd take a bullet for him. Like, random girl who bartends on Sundays during Bills games, that's not your quarterback. Becky from Venue? Yeah, Becky yeah. from Venue, that's not your, that's not your quarterback. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm six, six different starting quarterbacks since the Andrew Luck injury. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, they're, they're starting to rival the Browns. Yeah, but, like... It's it's weird because every single offseason they're addressing the issue. It kind of reminds me of when Elway was uh when the GM of the Broncos like and he was like going through end of Peyton Manning and then he was going to Brock Osweiler and then they went to Paxson Lynch. But like Bro- I Brock Osweiler, I wanted him to succeed so damn bad. Me too. Just because I wanted to do Paul Heyman stuff on this podcast <laughs> just like Brock Osweiler. <laughs> But it didn't work out. He sucked. Big arm and can't play. Great. Awesome. Moving on. But yeah, you, I agree. I mean, he's they're, they're, honestly, thro- they're throwing veterans at the wall to see what to see. Well, what I mean, and that's so, the issue. You compared him to the Browns. At least the Browns went out with those, you know, first round picks. Right. Picking young quarterbacks. Young guys. Exactly. Why, why are we bringing in guys that are at and, the end of their you, career? You got, you got to go for a quarterback eventually. I understand this was not a good quarterback draft, but right. like. You need to take a risk on a first-round quarterback eventually because, like, they are a quarterback away from being a very good football team. You know, you look at that team, their offense and defensive line are probably top tier in the NFL. Oh, definitely. Like, both both units, I believe, are top five. The linebacking core is disgusting. Their secondary could use some help. But you have probably 
the best overall running back just in the league. Got Yannick Nagakwe. Oh, they got Unique Nagakwe this offseason too. So their defensive line got better. Right. Which I mean, he's a dude who needs to go somewhere with other people. Yes. Because he's not he's not the feature guy like we see some other guys in the league. But you know, when you when you add him to what that defensive front looks like, good, yeah. good God. Exactly. And again, it, I Derrick Henry is easily the best true running back. Like north south, put his oh, foot yeah. in the ground and run your run your ass over. Give me J train. But Jonathan Taylor is probably just as good, if not better, overall. You know, there's some takes I've I've had in my life that have gone south, and we all know that because I, I'm bold claim. <laughs> you bad. are bold claim. Bad. But the two that I will hold my hat to forever is I said. Watch out for Jonathan Taylor. This guy's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. And I wanted him from day one uh, on the Bills. And the Colts got him. I'm like, damn. I like the Colts, though, so like, I'm going to cheer for him. And he ended up being a stud. Yeah, the other when, he, one, when he hung five five touchdowns yeah, on us yep. last year. The, the other one was um, Josh Rosen. I'm like, he's the only guy I didn't want out of all those quarterbacks. And I ended up being true about that one, too. So, I mean, I... I'm not a big proponent of early running backs, especially unless I mean this year the Bills took one right, and I mean if he if he's even part Remotely of Delvin close, Cook, yeah. good, great, awesome. But when you take that guy in a second round, it's because well we don't need much else. Yeah, what do you like, th- what do you think we're gonna do like with our running back rotation? It's, it, it's Singletary's rock until proven otherwise. Because we also got Moss. I'm I mean Moss is I. I I think they're going to hope Moss fixes his fumble problems. Yeah, I feel like they kind of were pushing Moss out a little bit towards uh, the end of the season. Well, I, don't, I don't think they had a whole lot of a choice. Like, I, I, Singletary solidified himself. Yeah. And, Mo, I mean, Moss is and, – and McDermott's proven. You put the ball on the ground, you're not going to play. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with McKenzie muffing a punt. Yep. I mean, Look at three weeks in a row. Yeah. It, it just – just poor wasn't play, there. Poor play does not get rewarded with continued playing time, and that's. I mean, you may not like it, he, but as a coach, listen, I need to win, and I can't win when you're giving them the ball in plus territory, <coughs> on basic plays. Catch, catch the damn ball. Don't put the ball on the ground as a running back. Those are two easy things you can do to help your help put yourself in a decent position. Yeah, and that's if, what the end of that Tampa Bay game. You saw Singletary basically took the reins and said, "This is my team." Yeah. And I mean, I, I I will die on the hill that Singletary is a running back one. I think. See, I told I told you Tyler was a good choice because he's on the he's on the motor RB one train. You know. It, listen, if you're not on the motor RB one train, I, I I don't want to talk to you. I don't know who you're putting in front of him right. on this roster right now. I I got a friend who is very very like in his mind that Singletary is not the guy, and I'm like, dude, just trust him. Just trust him. And I'm in like he just keeps on talking about it. I'm like, dude, I feel like you're getting all of your details from playing Madden. Well, that was always, like, yeah, like, just because he's not a high rated like, yeah, because he's not guy. a 90 plus running back. Yeah, on Madden. Like, like he's he's got he had like the fourth highest yards per touch last year among any. Active he does back. every year. Yeah, every and, single year he's got a great average because when he gets the rock, he just picks up at least four to five yards, and that's yeah. all you need. I mean, and we're not a running team. I don't want to be the Titans. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to be a team that. Oh crap! They stopped the running. Now, like now we well, now we, what? We can prove to be a running team when we need to be a running team. And that was my exact point. Of everybody's like, we need a star running back. We need that number one. We need that number one guy. You look at teams like Kansas City. They don't have that number that's, one running back. That's what I'm saying. You look at guy, perfect example. Indianapolis. 
I I like four quarterbacks. I like to point this out all the time. Think of the league's best running backs and think about where those teams are right now. Right. Like the Panthers. You think they're winning playoff games? That's a... uh, The Saints. So Christian McCaffrey can't stay on the field. I don't care how good you are. If you're not on the field, you're not good. You're not worth anything to me. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, but again, the Saints. Kamara's a great running back. But it's not going to get you... It's not going to get you... A Super Bowl win. I mean, it. It listen. They match up well against the Bucks. I don't know why, but they do. They yeah. have two two solid defensive ends, decent coverage guys that allow the defensive ends to get home, and they can keep the ball away from Tom Brady by running the ball. Great. That doesn't work sixteen times. Nope. That's not going to work for every team that plays them. And when you play them, great. But what happens when you play a team like Buffalo or a team like Kansas yep. City who can just one play you to death? Guess what? Sit back there. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going to hit Tyreek Hill underneath, and he's just going to burn you around the edge. Oh, you've got Diggs and this guy, Diggs and Beasley covered. Oh, look, there's Emmanuel Sanders, or there's Gabe Davis, or you know, there's Dawson Knox. Like, I'm, I, I don't need I'll eight be, plays, ten plays. I need one. Well, I'll, be, I'll be a devil's advocate real quick. Sure. The reason why Stefan Diggs left Minnesota in the first place was Dalvin Cook. Because Dalvin Cook was getting carries, and Mike Zimmer was too dumb to get Stefan Diggs touches. I think it was a combination of that and Kirk Cousins. Yes. Um, I, I like, and I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a, 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 I think he wants to be a competitor. I just don't think the talent's there, but he does just enough to keep getting paid. Yep. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He is, he is an expert. He's, <laughs> I, I hate expert. Ryan Tannehill. He's just, he he's not is, that good. Kirk Cousins is an expert businessman because yeah. he is, all of his money is guaranteed, which he, is and he's because he's Mister Contract Year. Yeah, every time his contract's coming up, he does just enough to be like, "Who are you going to replace me with?" Thanks. Well, like, yep. like go, going back to my point with Stefan Diggs is like, I mean, we get we get a stud like a star guy. Let's say like the rumors of bringing in uh, Saquon or bringing in uh, Christian McCaffrey. One, they're always injury prone. Two, that takes away all the touches. Like. Eventually, we just have to come with the terms that we need to get Diggs the ball. We need to get Beasley the ball. We need to well, get not anymore. Beasley's no, not, not on the team anymore. Yeah. But. my bad. I meant Gabe Davis. We need to get Gabe Davis the ball. Well, well, I, I mean, want thirteen. I mean, the Rock. I mean, we have four guys that I want <laughs> the ball in their hands. I, I I got I got Diggs. I got Davis, who I mean t- showed he can take over a game. I mean, and those, if those are your top two, who are you, which one are you doubling? Because the one you aren't is going to kill you. Yeah. I oh. want McKenzie. Oh, and, and, th- I want and then Knox. I have Jameson Crowder, who is a oh, catch and God, carry stud. about that. Which oh. I feel perfect, like you just said, has been so under the radar this oh, yeah. year. It, he, was, he was the number one. He's been one of my favorite. Yeah. For the Jets. Yeah. He's been one and of my favorite receivers yeah. since he's. He's been literally one of my favorite receivers ever since he stepped field on the NFL field. Oh, and. Like, and, I loved him in Washington. He's just a reliable guy. We're, we're forgetting about someone. He is cheaper and younger than Beasley. We're we're forgetting about someone. Isaiah McKenzie. Oh uh, right, he, he, he took over a game too, didn't he? Oh wait, and then there's Dawson Knox. Yep. Like, go ahead, cover oh, someone. Wait, OJ then, then you have OJ. Oh, OJ Howard. OJ, no. OJ Howard. Which, wait, and, and listen, that's fantastic because one of the things that drove me nuts about Dable in the last couple of years is he had personnel packages that when he put certain people on the field, you knew what we were doing, and it drove me nuts. Oh look, I've got. Kumro and the two dudes under him on the depth chart coming in with our backup tight end were probably running the ball. And we did. 
every single time. Yeah. Like, and it just, it drove me nuts because how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you just tip your hand that bad? And then we wonder why we can't run the ball. Like when we stopped doing that, our running game looked a little bit better. It opened up the passing game. It looked like the team we thought we should have been all year. Um, now I can put my backup tight end in it and be like, oh, wait, and he can burn you deep because he can still run and catch. Yep. Well, it's not just it's a backup tight end in quotations. Right. O.J. Howard was the guy in Tampa. Yeah. The guy. Until, did, did he have injury problems? Until yes. Gronk came in. Understandable. Sure. Yeah. Which, it's which Gronk. Is, which is why you can pay a dude who was the guy in Tampa less than you'd be paying a guy like Gronk. Because you weren't the guy last year, and you haven't been the guy in two years. Yeah, but you still you could haven't be. proven anything the last two years, right? So here's your veteran minimum contract. Come be my backup, and let's go win a Super Bowl. Love it. Oh, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot going on in the NFL, but we are trying not to be NFL exclusive on this podcast. We are trying to talk all sports. So we got a hockey guy here. Let's talk some hockey. Yeah, let's talk about the Russian guy that we picked up. Got any thoughts? There's a lot of thoughts on a lot of prospects right now. Um, That's a good point. I'm I'm excited about the Sabers. So, I really am. Uh, Ty, I want your input on this. Uh, which I think we're going to call you Ty Ty the Hockey Guy. So <laughs> you're you're welcome. Hey, okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Sabers prospect class is currently rated number one according to a lot of people. Do you agree? I think it has to be. Um, Right now, I mean, you, Rochester Americans are in the playoffs. Just, wagon. They are crushing it. Absolute wagon. But you have Jack Quinn and you've got J.J. Paterka. I mean, those two, it was it was always, you know, when we picked up Jack Quinn, it was the idea of, you know, there were multiple other guys before him that we should have taken. Right. Um, And then he comes out and is dominating the AHL, you know, leads the entire league in goals. Works with JJ perfectly well. Those two are most likely ready to be called up to the NHL. It, it's I, I think you have to. I don't know any other prospect pool out there right now that can really compare. And power, power is NHL ready. You have oh, yeah. power. I mean, it's he, like he looked good in those games. That, like just the few games that he played eight, with us, eight games, and he already looks like a seasoned player in this league. Yeah, does he make mistakes? Absolutely. But you compare him to. You know, Rasmus Dahlin, who finally had a breakout year. And these eight first eight games I've seen from him were better than the first two seasons I saw from Rasmus. Well, and that yeah. also being said, Rasmus was a poppy. No, I mean, don't I mean, disagree. I mean, yeah. power, power is too, but you could, you could physically tell by just well, looking power, at Dahlin. How, how, many years of college, how many years of college did Power play? Three, two, three. I was going to say two. So he's coming into the league at... 21, 22 years old? Not even. Crap. I think he's our age. Is he our age? That's not Very possible. <laughs> that is insane. So he's coming in at 21. Darlene came in at 18. Yeah. and So they're both 21. You could also I tell mean, that Darlene was that That math shakes in my head. And yeah. Darlene was physically growing into his body. He looked like an absolute child when he started playing because that's I mean, the NHL. Uh, like that's that's life. Yeah. I mean, go look at a picture from your senior year playing football and what you look like now. Oh my god, the funniest thing ever is looking at myself freshman year of college, and I'm like, how did I even play college football? Like, I look like a pudgy little like. I believe the term you used to describe yeah. yourself was a beef wagon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was the Twitter bio at the time. But now I it got. It still might be actually. You should go check uh, that. 
230 pounds of pure beef. No, there you go. There you go. Beef wagon. Um, but now, like... For those know. playing the home game, he did just flex at us, which... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got... <laughs> I had to but, stretch. But then, Let me just roll you know, my traps like, here real quick. Like, like th- three years of, like, off-season lifting, and, like, all of a sudden, you, you get the muscle, like, you start playing better. Right. And th- you grow, have to grow into and it. I mean, get, that's... It's had, a conversation we have. Darlene had three more years now of NHL IQ and, like, awareness and, like... And he has a coaching staff that is built around development. Yes, giving him the green light. I mean, oh. and, and Don, like Donnie Meatballs from USA Developmental Hockey. He's developed players his entire oh, coaching yeah. career. Guess, guess what uh, he's doing tomorrow. He's going to be coaching Team USA in the IIHF uh, World Juniors. So Weird. You know, it, it's I, I understand what the Pagulas <laughs> were trying to do when they brought in the great motivator soccer coach jackass that they brought in. But like, come on, how do you not bring it, go to bring in a, a hockey guy and be a guy that I think the craziest part about all of that is that Granado was on Kruger staff. Right. Like he was part of his system, but he is so anti Kruger. It's insane. Well, I mean, a lot of times with those set, you need that. Yeah. You need opposite you need opinions. Your, you need so your that way you can, gang. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, all the all the best coaching staffs that I've been on, you know, we don't always agree on things, and we come to a conclusion. Uh, it seemed to me like Ralphie Boy didn't want those types. Like you can just dis- you can disagree with me, but I'm going to do what I want to do anyway because I'm a head coach. Uh, I don't care. He's not with us anymore because he sucked. He's on the suck list. Permanent yeah, permanent is, resident. He is a permanent resident on the suck. Permanent resident. We haven't we haven't talked the suck list in a yeah, year. Yeah, right up there with Eichel. Yeah, yeah. Eichel's the president of the suck list and the captain of the douche canoe. Uh, I'm I'm really happy he's on a golf course somewhere. So yeah, that'll I got, be fun. I got four jerseys and I don't know what to do with them anymore. <laughs> um, if they're sewn on, you can probably find somebody to change nameplates and stuff. But I used to know I used to know a guy. They retired. You know so a guy? I used to. They retired. Oh, damn. They're they're no they're a retired you, you, guy you, now. You don't have a guy anymore. No, I, no I, more. I, and and to, and to be fair, she wasn't a guy. But damn it! <laughs> no more go. No, don't have don't you have the gal anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so the Sabers have a bright future, in my opinion. the The hockey that I did get to watch near the end of the year, it was it, it felt like the the Sabers I grew up watching. That gritty, grinding. We we go down two goals. We're pissed about it. We're not like, well, that's, that's to be expected. Yeah. Well, like, and that's that's what was fun. Is you know you look at it, you know, November December time. You're down three goals you're flipping the channel because you know there's no way that Ocposo, Eakin, and Rasmus Asplin are bringing you back into that game. Now when you look at it, late February, early March, it was the idea of, okay, down 3-0, send the young guns out, maybe they can get something going. All of a sudden you see 3-1, 3-2, they tie the game. Right. They come I back. I love Krebs. I think Krebs is going to blossom, dude. He, like – and. Just the like you could tell that he's definitely not very NHL ready yet, but he's got he's got such like like boom like potential. It reminds me of young Josh when like he would make a play and you would go, oh yeah, so that's a thing. Well, <laughs> that's, you, that, that's that reminds be the fun same way though years. because you look at Josh when he was a rookie, unbelievable talent, but how many? Bonehead plays. Did you look oh, at it and go, "Wow, time. that's a rookie play." Yep. And, or he didn't trust himself. He didn't trust to read. He didn't trust to play. 
Same thing goes with Krebs, where, you know, there was perfect example was, I think, the second last game of the season, power play. Krebs is on the far side of the ice, has the puck, defenseman falls down. Wide open shot. I don't know if he trusts his shot yet. Right. Goes for the pass, it gets picked off, they go the other way, puck sent down the ice. Right. Can't be making those plays. You're in the show now. You can't be making those plays. Well, yeah, and, and you got to be a little selfish at some point <clears throat> because uh, if you measure your career in goals like Jeff Skinner. <laughs> well, it's not even that. I mean, he's, but he's been known, he's been bred I know, to it was, it was be that. An, no, 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 no. Kruger to, joke, but. For Krebs to be that playmaker, yeah. you look at his juniors, it, 20 goals, 80 assists. Yeah. He's never, he doesn't know how to shoot the puck because he's never been told to shoot the puck. He hasn't that's had why, to shoot the puck. That's why my favorite thing right now that the Sabres are doing are going after the Russians. Get those Russians that know how to put the puck in the net. That's all it is. Get Russians, put the puck in the net. I mean, in this, the, the Josh Allen comparison, then I don't know if this is concerning, just, and just based on what you guys just said. When Josh made those mistakes when he was young, he was trying to win. Like, and that's, that's why I never had an issue with it. Oh, that's a bad interception. That's a bad play. That's a bad fumble. What the hell was he doing trying to pitch that ball to Knox? Right? We, we heard it all. Yeah. I'm watching the dude trying to win a ball game. You know, he, he, Knox catches that and he scores. We're talking about that play forever. Oh. That, that's just. Play of the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fact that it didn't work, we recovered it. Fine. Great. Whatever. We ended up losing the game. No big deal. But now it's no big deal because we're in the playoffs every, every season. But. I'm watching a dude try to win a game. Like, when you have a wide-open shot and you're like, ah, not me. Like, I, I, does, he, does, does he need to learn to want the puck? I think he needs to learn to trust himself with the puck. Okay. I think he's a very strong game manager. Right. Um, but, again, that's what he's kind of just been told to do his whole career. And I think that it's great because you look at a guy similar to, like, Jonathan Taze and when Jonathan Taze was coming up. Very similar idea of being that playmaker, not being the guy that was meant to be that star and right. you know be the goal scorer. He was meant he was putting up the points. Don't get me wrong, but it was that assist mentality. It was that you know trying trying to be the uh, the Gretzky instead of the Messier, there, the guy who's going to dish the puck, not to put it in the net. There, there's a reason why he's known as you know the second assist man, like God. Right. He's always the number two guy on the assist. It's goal scorer. Starting first assist, Krebs. Right. And it's he, always been that. The, the, the guy that sees the open guy who has the pass to the goal. He develops the play to right. create the play. Love it. Uh, so we are, what are we, still in the first round here of the playoffs? First round. Uh, who's your guys' take to take the cup this year? Oh, it's always, <laughs> it's it's just classic storylines. It's been the same answer for three years. Yeah, it's, it's Tampa? just. Not no. no. Oh, Colorado. 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 Every single year, I'm like, Colorado, this is their year. This is their year. Like, eventually, they got to just put it away. Like, they have so much talent in that on the ice. Like, Young talent. Yeah. Young. Like, eventually, they just got to do it. I think especially with this year, I think it's – I mean, it's been for the last two years, but really this year, it's at the verge of – it's sniffed the Stanley Cup or – Bust. Right. Yeah, the, the, like, the, the, you, the window's closing. You can't keep on sitting there and saying, you know, oh, second round's good. You know, three years ago, second round was good. That shows that development. Right. You know, Western Conference <clears throat> Finals is awesome. Great. If you're not making the Stanley Cup this year, I'm not saying you have to win this year. If you're not making the Stanley Cup this year with the type of um, talent pool, 
that is in the West right now, you got an issue. There's a problem, right. and I don't. It, it, it can't be goal scoring because you have the goal scorers. It can't be defense. You have Kale freaking McCarr, the <laughs> the, the, the greatest be, defenseman. It would be Twenty four years old. Yeah, greatest defenseman in the NHL right now, and I don't think it's goaltending because Darcy Kemper's yeah playing well, on his head, and, and that's and that's what you need when like the biggest the teams that make the playoff runs, the teams that go the farthest in the Stanley Cup Finals, are teams that have goalies that are absolutely going lights out. Like you have a good goalie, he's gonna bring you to the Cup Final, or you find enough talent to surround your goalie. So it's not an issue, like kind of what happened when uh, the Blackhawks had their dynasty. I mean, I love Corey Crawford, and I think that he played really well in those uh, Stanley Cup finals, but like, do I think he was the caliber of all the other goalies in the league? No. Well, it's not even that. It's the goalie that goes on the hottest run during the Stanley Cup finals and that can keep that and maintain that is usually the team that wins. There's There's no surprise why Tampa has won the last two years. It's, right. it's the it's, same They narrative. have a great team. Andre Vasilevsky is the greatest goalie in the world right now. It doesn't matter who you compare him to. Right. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. <laughs> he's the greatest goalie in the world. He will stand on his head. He's 6'6 and can cover up the entire the night. Very, very interesting thing about hockey is there's so much parity that we usually end up seeing a different Stanley Cup um, contenders every single year. But the narratives are always set in place every single year where the Avalanche can't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Other than the one cup the Capitals got, they can't make it past the second round, and they've proven that. The Maple Leafs can't make it out of the first round. <laughs> like, it's the whoa, same narrative. Whoa, 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 those little jabs that I see? They, listen, the, the, the Leafs are trying to push golf season back a little bit. They lead the series with Tampa 3-2 to two right now. Yeah, okay. That's uh, – I'm – this is the scariest Maple Leafs team that I can remember, though. Even you compare them to last year, I still think this is a much more seasoned I, team. Oh, I sure. still think this, they have issues. I mean, oh, I don't get me wrong. They, they do, they, but... They, they have issues. They can't beat the Sabres, for Christ's sake. Yes, they, they have problems. Well, issue yeah. <laughs> issue number one, goaltending. It's very apparent. Issue number two is they are very inconsistent. So you can see a night where you get Marner, Tavares, Matthews, and they're all going lights out, and you have a really good game with the boys, and then the next game, seven to two, right? Loss. Like you can't be doing that in the middle of the playoffs. Like, so uh, going through the first round here, like as you guys talked, uh, every every single series is currently <laughs> three to two, except the Avalanche who swept the Preds. And like, uh, the funny part about that is the Flames coach right at the end of the season, he was like, "Who you want to see in the playoffs?" And he was like. Anybody but the Avalanche, because it's just going to be a waste of eight days. I mean, there you go. <laughs> and there, <and> <laughs> which is tough. Could like, you imagine like, having your team hear that? Imagine being yeah. a one seed and saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. That would be like you know who who do you want to play? Like you you just won your division. You have the first round by. Who don't you want to play? The ones the, the five seed. Yep. Which yeah. and now we're not talking about a five seed. No, we're no, 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 another no. one seed. Yeah. But the one seeds are always like they're always bust. Like they never It's always a hit or miss. They they never go all the way. I mean, Tampa the past two years have like won back to back Stanley Cups. But like usually the president's uh trophy winners, the team with the best points, 
absolutely tanking. There's a reason it's cursed. Yep. Like, yeah. And it's just honestly, it. the Florida Panthers might be one of the best teams in hockey right now. They have one of the greatest offenses like built. They have four lines that can put the puck in the net, and that's not a bad thing. Right. But again, that goaltending. Yep. Now, don't get – Bob is doing a decent job, way better than he's done the last two years. It's still not Blue Jackets Bobrovsky. Nope. You still see the same minor issues. You I would, still see the rebound control I problems. would love, love to see a Florida Panthers versus Avalanche Stanley Cup Finals. Will I think it happen? Probably not. No. No, I'm – Okay, so I think you guys. So you guys, you guys said both both said I the Avalanche hate, should win this, yeah. right? Um, currently, the uh, the Blues are beating the Wild three to two. The Flames are beating the Stars three to two. The Kings are leading the Oilers three to two. Which the Oilers are just funny. They're the they're the leaves of the West. In I my don't opinion. think the Kings. It's still the West, right? Yeah, okay. it is West. I I don't think the Kings or the Oilers are going to go very far. I think whoever's winning that series is going to end up losing in the next round. Well, I think the Kings are doing a really good job on their rebuild, and I think they're a year ahead of themselves on where they need to be, which is just not a bad thing. Like right, that sounds you, familiar. Yeah, like. You're in the playoffs. You got young talent, and you're kind of uh, you're releasing all the old talent. But like, I I don't see them going far, and I don't see the Oilers going far either. Well, the Oilers, you have two more max, two more games in this first round. Yep. How many more chances do you have with McDavid until he walks? How many right. first like, round? First how many times? Picks? The poor Dude. guy hasn't seen a second round. I mean. Period. <laughs> he hasn't I, I seen a second round. I don't. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a point. L. A. was the same way. Like L. A. Yeah. was first overall pick year after year after year after year after year, and then they found Jonathan Quick to kind of solidify what they had, and they made a couple runs. Well, same, isn't it funny how yeah, if you have a goalie, right, you can kind of go far, and kind of how it all revolves Black, around having a goalie right. in that crease. The Blackhawks did the same thing. They went Taze at three, and the next year they went Kane at one. Right. And it took Antti Niemi, who was good for I, all playoff. I love like, him. But my point exactly, if a goalie gets hot during yep. the playoffs, your team will go far, unless you have a joke of a team. Right. It's I think... Which, I, which is funny, because that couldn't be further from the truth back when the Sabres were in their prime. Like, no, during the exact Dominic, opposite, like, actually. During the Dominic Hasek era, like, he, that dude could not have done... And I, I am not a Dominic Hasek fan. I've been on the show forever. I... Ever since the whole, I will always be a Red Wing. Shut the fuck up. Get out of my city. <laughs> I I hold a grudge. I don't care. Uh, but, I mean, that dude, when he was in a Sabres uniform, did everything in his power to try to bring a cup here, and yep. we could not finish it for him. And then you back it up with next Ryan decade Miller. is Ryan Miller. Right. I, same same thing. deal. Same thing. I think right now in the East, it is the Panthers and the uh, Lightning to lose at the moment. But other than that, I kind of trust every single team in the East right now to make a run. Like I think, I think Pittsburgh has a like last last dance mentality right now. I think Boston is a cockroach and they won't freaking die. Uh, I think the Capitals always have enough talent to make a run. And and it's funny because you know all three of the teams you just mentioned are down to their elimination game. Yeah. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, playoff hockey, to me, it just hits different. I think if you were to rank the, the big four, 
I hate, like the NBA is boring and will always be boring. NBA playoffs suck. Can't watch it. I, I just can't, can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. Um, That's where you guys differ from me. I I enjoy NBA playoffs, but I, not this season. But like, I mean, just in general, like the NBA to me is fourth. They're probably yeah. first as far or first or second as far as marketing and money making, but they're they're fourth in my opinion, especially come playoff time. The NHL and the MLB are the top two. For playoffs, NHL playoffs, NHL is playoffs just hit different, different, and so do MLB playoffs. MLB playoff October baseball is just we're, different. We were watching, I don't know what game it was. We were just watching playoff hockey the other day, and my mom was like, "Who are you cheering for?" Like the Sabers aren't in it. Like mom doesn't matter. It is playoff hockey. Yeah, like I'm, I'm cheering for playoff. You're telling hockey. me I can't sit on my couch, drink a beer, and be like, "This is fucking amazing." Well, it's yeah. not even that. It's <laughs> first round playoff hockey. Yeah. Oh, like, it, was, it was. These um, guys are. Juiced it out was, of their minds, ready to go. It was Blues Wild, and like the Blues house was just buzzing, electric. Like, like it was. Like, was it the Blues Wild just, series where the one guy would look to the other guy was like, "I got four fucking games to beat your ass" or something like that. I, I just saw the clip the other day. <laughs> it might be. There was. It, one, it I know it was the uh, Rain, Rangers series Is where Rangers pens. Yeah, uh, Igor made the save. And he's like, that's how you make a fucking save. And I'm like, so I'm like, it was amazing. But he said it in Russian because he can't right. speak English. That's the best part about playoff hockey, especially come this time. It is chippy. Like the uh, the Boston uh, series is getting super chippy. Every single game you watch, there's an like there isn't actual fights, but there is almost like brawls almost every single game because these. I mean, they've been saving themselves for an 82-game schedule to really just, like, go 100%. I don't feel like every single player goes 100% every single night in the regular season. I don't think you can. No. no. In a sport like that, you can't. But, like, when when you get to playoff hockey, it it's just different. Well, you look at the last Oilers game, last two minutes of the game, I think it was it, Oilers were down by two. Game was over. Four or five players got tossed within the last two minutes. Yep. I just to it. try and settle the game, I and it was it. amazing. You get a penalty box that has like six guys in it. Like you got half your team on the other side of the ice in a penalty box. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, but like, just watching the crowds, it's like, just different. even St. Louis. Like St. Louis had such a big crowd, such a loud crowd, and I'm like, man, please, for the love of God, bring playoff hockey back to Buffalo because the atmosphere would just be. Amazing. Well, you saw it on RJ. RJ's last call, RJ Knight. It's it was buzzing, absolutely crazy, and that's what I remember from my childhood. That's what I remember the Sabers. I were I went to Tuck's first game, and that night was absolutely crazy. Like there was, it was such a positive crowd, and then I ended up going to another game, and it was such a negative crowd, and you just get different people. But like when when you get the right crowd in there, and like. You're gonna get the right crowd when you go to the playoffs. Like, it it's just different. I can't explain it any other way. Like, it reminds me of going to Bills games. Like when yeah. the when the Bills are good. You know, and, and it's funny. Like, because I I remember I got I mean I was old enough to be going to those games in at near the end of my high school career and into college when the Sabers were really really good. I mean, there was a game that we scored like five goals in the first period, and the whole time like. We said, we want six. They scored six. We want seven. And, like, we almost got to ten. Yeah. Like, we were chanting, we want ten. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and ended up being, like, a nine-to-two win because at nine goals, they, like, 
started playing the third and fourth line more and switched goalies. And honestly, like, dude, this t- is, take a break. Don't get hurt. Like, this is this team right now of the Sabres. Like, it reminds me of some of those old teams. Like, we have the pieces. Like, we have. We have a Stafford, we have a Roy, we have a Tim Connolly. Like, but they're they're in the very early stages of their career. Like, well, I, I'm almost afraid we have too many pieces. Yeah, because you look at those. Yeah, like you look where, at that top six. Who are you putting in your top? Yeah, six? where are you putting Paterka? I'm not even saying no. Nah, Paterka and Quinn, you're not putting them in the top six. I'm you're talking about in the next two years. No, no, that's like, fine. Yeah. It, we'll worry about that bridge when we get to it. But you look at the top two lines, you have a 1A and 1B line. Personally, I say your first line is Tuck, Thompson, and Skinner. Because obviously, it, Skinner proved, obviously, Kruger, Ralphie Boy wrong that $9 million still doesn't look good. But at least it made the pill a little bit easier to swallow after this year. And we also signed him because we wanted to put him with Eichel because he scored a lot of and goals. And look at what happened when we put him with Eichel. And then. That's not like Kruger just sat him. He didn't even play him with Eichel. He was just like, nah, you're not playing. And we're just like, and then Skinner doesn't score goals. And you're like, huh, I wonder why. It's almost like he doesn't have a playmaker right next to him that we signed him for this exact reason. (laughs) Then you have Thompson, who's uh, still young, just had an electric uh, career year. 31 goals. Yeah, I am excited you, you for You have him. to give him another shot at that. Finally, finally some good news out of that Ryan O'Reilly trade. It, it took three years, but... I trusted him all the way. Like, I, Sometimes I knew you got to let it marinate, boys. Like, I, I knew he was a puppy. Like I I was excited for Thompson, and I always like, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. But then you're running your 1B line of, if you want to give Krebs a real shot, at you know, at this yep. league and being at that high caliber play, he's going to be on the wing. You're going to have Cousins because you invested a first round draft pick into Cousins. We also got what three or four first it's rounds, three first rounds this year, and then on that wing, three first rounds this year, and how many next year? Two. Two. So that's five first rounders in the next two years. But then on your right wing, you grant you have to sign them, and that's I would hope they would. You have Olafson. Who are you missing yeah. from that? Middlestat. Yep. I think Mitz is the first one out the door. Oh, Big Diesel won't for, like that. For a trade. Big Diesel won't like that. I love Mitz. But, number one, the injuries have killed him throughout the last two years. So you really don't, you haven't even been able to fully see what he can do. And it's to the point where you have that top six. Are you unless he wants to play a third line center role to start out the season? Who are you playing him above? You can't. Play, I don't think you play him above Cousins because Cousins is a legitimate future of the Sabers. Yeah, you that can't, was a, you can't was play him above Tage. I'm right. I am a real fan of what Kevin Adams is doing. I am Team hard, Kevin Adams. Hard not to be. I mean, when you, when you see the when you see the puzzle starting to come together, that's when you really sit there and say, like, "Hey, this dude knows what he's doing." I mean, so. crap! Like, you got to look at what Bean did in his first year. Like, we absolutely overhauled the entire team in the first season and made the playoffs. But like, you're not going to expect the same results in the NHL when no. you're dealing with 18 and 19 year olds. And like, that's and the not thing, the that's thing not that people a thing. like. Like, if you remember year two. 
when they overhauled the team, like when they when they drafted Allen. Yeah, all, we like, went six and, and ten, and we didn't make the playoffs. We were like, oh, he sucks. We took a step back. Like, no, no, we weren't supposed to take the first step that first year. Like that we, was a fluke. We weren't. We would. We should not have made the playoffs that year. That was not the plan. Like, I don't think I've ever been more happy about a six and ten season because I knew what was coming. Yes. You could see the development. You could see exactly. him getting better. And that's how I feel, that's ex- exactly. that's how I feel yep. right now about the Sabres. But it was also that idea of what did he have to throw to? Like, there, was, there was no how many. There I, was no weapon. I, I, bring, be, I bring that up all the time to people. Like, oh, we could have had Mahomes. Oh, we could have had Watson. And It would have been to, the to same throw, deal. To throw to who? There's got to be. Throw into open field. Yeah, to, to, to throw to the. To the corner? To, to the guy that Booger McFarland is famous for for making fun of on a live broadcast. Yeah. There's there's got to be um, a a record for how many points you get after elimination. And I feel like we almost hit it as the Sabres. Like, the amount of wins that we racked up after we got like officially eliminated from the playoffs. Now, that's not exactly the great thing because you want to get a good draft pick. But, like, we're... We got the boys buzzing. We, we have the ninth pick, the sixteenth pick, and at latest it's the twenty eighth. Exactly. I think we're okay, and we can trade up if we need to. So like, <laughs> it's just I, I'm I'm very happy about where the boys are going. The boys are buzzing. They're moving the puck. We're scoring. Like, it feels like a team that I can cheer for again. It's a team that it's exciting to watch again. So yeah. well, and following Kevin Adams' track record so far, I can tell you we're probably we're not using all three of those first round picks. No, something's going to be traded. We still have a goaltending issue, which you know I I'm I'm excited to see what Ukapekalukanen can do. But I, I'm excited. I've seen firsthand issues with him, and a lot of them remind me of Robin Lehner, where it was the guy can make a great save, right? His rebound control is I got, dog shit. I right. got two things to say about goaltending. One is UPL's um, like lacks of, a lack of success in the AHL due to the defense that he has in front of him. Because we, I feel like our defensive prospects are not really as good as our offensive prospects in the AHL. And like when he got brought up to the NHL, I felt like he shined a little bit better because he had better defense in front of him, and he was facing easier shots to save. Sure. The other thing I would like to say is I don't think we're going to bring him back. I don't know what we're going to do, but I would like to imagine what this season would have been if we had a healthy Craig Anderson for the entire season. Because I think we could have made a push for the playoffs. I don't think you're ever going to have a healthy... Anderson. That's a good point. I mean, I, I, I'd be how, happy to bring him back. I mean, next how old year. is he? Like what? 41? Forty-one. Yeah. On on to forty-two. Yeah. You play him for 20, 25 games as a backup. I think he gives you a shot. Right. I think he's still got enough goalie talent and enough you know flexibility in him where you can you know squeeze that last drop of talent out of him <laughs> for twenty games. Right. You're not playing him for 40, 50 games. Right. It's not yeah. going to happen. His body's going to break down on him. Sure. That's a good point. So, we've been ending the episodes recently with a segment that I stole from Jonas Knox of Fox News, or of Fox Sports, called Do You Care? Um, and basically, it's I pick up on sports trends or sports topics that are currently trending, and I ask you guys one simple question. Do you care? The NFL is 
100% without question behind the whole schedule leak thing. And what it's doing is it's generating incredible buzz for the actual drop of the schedule. It's dominating Twitter right now. Um, and it's so ridiculous that according to schedule rumors, the Bills are actually playing twice on Thanksgiving Day. So Josh Allen can actually add a double header win <laughs> to his resume. And Detroit to Baltimore, it's a quick, quick puddle jump right there. Yeah, just just an easy plane ride. So the question is, NFL schedule rumors. Do you care? I like it. Uh, I care. And you want to know, honestly, like years past, I remember them just like, hey, our schedule's out. Just kind of like giving like a nice post about it. I mean, in, in a marketing standpoint, to do a schedule release and make it a big deal um, and getting it like on national television, which they plan on doing to put it on um, NFL Network at 8 o'clock and making it a bigger deal, like as a marketing standpoint, as a rating standpoint, as a money and business standpoint, it's smart. I will say, like, I do think that, like, hearing about NFL for 12 months of the year can get a little exhausting. And sometimes I wish I'm like, yeah, like, I really don't care. Just put it put it out. Just put it in a social media post. But, like, at the end of the day, I think this is a good business move for the NFL. You get talked. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, and, get- that's, and that's the point, right? Yeah. The point is clicks and people talking about it. It's personally, hey, no. Guess what? I don't I'm care. talking right. about it. Because it's... <laughs> I mean, here I, we are, right? Well, yeah, we're like, talking about well, it. Like you said, it's it, 12 months of it can get you know tiresome. That's as a fan. Right. Imagine being Gabe Davis right. or Josh Allen or Diggs. Yeah, that's their At job. At some point, you have to be able to sit there and take a step back. Right. And be having the, you know all this buzz and hype. Person, like I said... I don't care about it. I care more about, okay, give me the schedule. Let's go to work. I right. mean, a lot of those guys are usually, they're not going to be looking at all those leaks on social media. They're going to be trying to do their own thing in the weight room and like, yeah. and like really just minding their own business as and, well. And like, you're never going to convince me that the that we're going to find out the schedule at the same time as the teams and the players. They, oh, are, they already know. They already, they know. already and, know. I guarantee none of them really give a shit either. They're like, we're going to play who we're going to play. It's a week-by-week thing. Exactly. You you already know who you're going to play. It's just the order at this point. Exactly. It's Kansas City week, whenever we play them. Week six, it's supposedly, we'll see at 8 o'clock tonight. Yeah. We're supposed to see them uh, week six, 4 o'clock on CBS. Well, that's a team that you could be playing, you know, week 15. I'm I'm sorry, you... You're not going to convince me that the Bills Kansas City rematch isn't going to be primetime. No, uh, after that, you're, 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 you're never, you're never going to. You had the game of the century you're, in the playoffs. You're never going to convince me. Of yeah, that. there's no way that that, that, that the NFL, the NFL itself on Instagram put out their top five most anticipated games of this year, and that is number one. Yeah, the Bills Green Bay is number four. It's in you're, all the NFL ads. Honestly, yes, Bills games. Bills that Rams. Looking to. Bills Rams has to be up there too. Well, yeah, because that's a potential Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. But well, it's I mean, also Von Miller coming home. It's the idea of yeah, you know who's better. All of a sudden, you're going to have that storyline of was it Von or was it the Rams type of deal? And right, yeah. Um, so the Browns are currently sitting on Baker Mayfield. They have Deshaun Watson, who they've released footage of throwing. He looks good. He looks like he didn't miss like, a yeah, beat. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he they have him under contract for only a million dollars this year, so he's really not crushing their cap until next year. Uh, but there's still, I mean, a lot of questions surrounding him of whether or not he's even going to be available to play, depending upon how his legal issues and the league hasn't said a word about it. Um, this whole thing with the Browns, Watson, and Mayfield, do you care? I don't give a shit about the Browns. I do. I don't. I don't think the Browns are anything. I really like. There's. They don't scare me. I mean, none of the teams do. I'll be real with you because, like, that's how good we are. But I still don't think they're very. Like, I think they're wild card team at best. Still, I, I still think yeah. the AFC North is a bloodbath. You got to go through. I mean, the Ravens have been a little bit down, and the Bengals are coming up, and Steelers are doing their own thing. But like. The AFC in general is a bloodbath. Like, you still got the Bills. You still got every single team in the AFC West. Um, I still consider the Titans and the Colts a threat. Like, I don't see the Browns even making the playoffs. And if they do, they're going to be a wild card team. Which I agree, but my only counter to that is we're not talking about a cornerback or a defensive line or a D lineman. Is whether you like it or not. This league runs through quarterbacks, so any controversy on any quarterback for any team can shake up the league, you know, like that overnight. I just want to know what their locker room mentality is right now. Because, it's not good. Like it can't be because first, like Odell was like tweeting his way, Instagramming his way out of uh, Cleveland to begin with because of Baker, but like. I still feel like Baker has a decent hold over the locker room and leadership. And then you're going to bring in this guy who has a lot of legal issues. They're paying him a lot of money. So basically the entire team's salary is going to this one guy. I mean, and you're keeping both of those guys. Like, the locker room cannot be a well, very good place right now. On top of that, you have... <laughs> Whenever we see controversy, legal controversy in the NFL, rather you're dismissed from it or not, you usually see a minimum of four games. Right. And week one through week four most likely won't have Deshaun Watson. Right. You need a backup quarterback. You also see the rumors of Jarvis. For the last two months, I feel like I've been seeing it of where's where's Landry going? Is he going to stay? Is he moving? Is he going he, to Seattle? Is he going? Is it, he's a free agent right Currently now. Currently right? not on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Right Right now, their starting three would be Amari Cooper, Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and David Bell. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I think they don't have any other receivers. But is that a, Amari is that a great number two to have? No. You compare him no, to the rest guy. of the league? He's exactly. a slot guy, yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper may as well be Jarvis Landry. Different, different mm, style of player, yeah. but I mean, that's... To me, that's a wash. Like you, you I, I, same level. I think, I've I always liked Landry. I don't think either one of them is a takeover a game receiver. I like but. I like Landry as a player. I hate him as a person. I think Amari Cooper is overrated. I mean, I, Amari Cooper, I think, is still a, le, a legit number one, but not a top tier number one. Yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, when, I when he's a slot guy, yeah, I, and he's your number two when they have David Bell in the slot. So um, they still the, got the, David Joku on, on great. Who cares? Yeah, and they still they, got. Do, and do they have I'll David and Joku. Do I care? No. And, and here's here's David and Joku bust. Here's the other reason why I don't care about the Browns and their quarterback situation because they're not going to be passing the ball. They're going to be giving the ball to I, Nick I don't Chubb believe, and Cream Hunt. I don't believe that you bring in Deshaun Watson with the intent of being the same team you were with Baker you can't. Mayfield. 
He's and in my opinion, I've said so this then a few you gotta times. do you gotta do something with Kareem Hunt and or Nick Chubb. You gotta make I've a decision. Said, there. I've said this a few times. I believe Deshaun Watson may be the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. I think he processes the game like Brady and Rodgers do. I think he's got the arm to go with Mahomes and Allen. I think he's got the athletic ability to go with guys like Lamar. I mean, he has every any, anybody you talk about at the upper echelon or the top of any category of quarterback. You can talk about Deshaun Watson right next. To him. And I think it's I think it's especially tough. Right and that's now. after a year of him not playing. Yeah, I, after I, a year of not playing, I, he, I think he it's was tough. He, he was also the league's leading passer, throwing to Will Fuller for six weeks and Brandon Cooks. And he led the league I mean, in passing. I'll, I'll be real. I I think those guys are actually some decent receivers. I think Brandon. Again, I think Brandon. Amari Cooks Cooper is very and Donovan Peoples, underrated. Donovan Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper are decent receivers. They're not. They're not busts. We're not talking yeah. about the Ravens receiver class here. <laughs> I I will I will say is that maybe a part of me is not really seeing this fully because I just didn't see Deshaun Watson for last year. Right. And I really. Don't know what this Browns team would look like. I mean, how many years are we going to watch the Browns make free, um, big offseason moves and be like, they're going to be the team this year? Well, and this is the first time they made a move at the most important position in football. And it's not, again, it's not like they went Other and got than, Gardner Minshew, who yeah. I believe should be a starter somewhere, in my opinion. But uh, I actually saw a rumor he got <laughs> traded to San Francisco, and I was like, ooh, but it, it wasn't true. Um, but yeah, I, I there's still a lot of offseason moves that meet, need to be made. I mean, you still got Jimmy G just chilling there in San Francisco as well. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of mediocre quarterbacks kind of just chilling around the NFL and like who knows who's going to start. And honestly, probably by trade deadline, we're going to see a completely different NFL in the landscape of quarterbacks. Probably. So, um I mean, we're we're right at the hour mark here. I probably had two or three more. Uh, do you cares lined up? But Ben likes to talk for twenty minutes each <laughs> do each that. topic. So, yeah. um, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Hopefully, Ty uh, Ty the hockey guy joined us again. We'll, yeah, that was uh, fun. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll, I'll actually we'll bring you guys on again to do more NHL talk once we get into the second round because uh, we're going to try to take a step back from the NFL a little bit, just because I don't want to be just an NFL podcast. So yeah. Um, we'll bring you guys in to talk about that. You and your brother can do PLL talk and yeah. other lacrosse things and stuff like that. And uh, you guys have all that to look forward to. Hats, Tats, and Stats is a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. We are part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Find us on Facebook. Type in tip. Or, uh, wow, that's the wrong wrong show. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. <laughs> like, follow, share, subscribe there, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HTS underscore pod. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Do all the cool stuff. And with that being said, on behalf of my co-hosts here, we will catch you guys next week. Hey, come on now. Here we go, bud. Let's go. Put the ball in play here. And a boy. Dig, 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 dig. You're out. What? Oh, my God. Man, can you believe that game ended on such a bad call? You know, I sure can, Coach. But you know what's never a bad call? Tuning into the Tip of the Cap podcast on the BICBP Radio Network. Western New York's first and only prep baseball podcast. Tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or at www.bicbp-radio.com and check out all the action. It'll be the best call you've made all year.